What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. God owns everything, and we're merely stewards of the resources He gives us. But that doesn't mean our role is passive. Hi, I'm Rob West. The role of a successful steward is active and requires a lot of smart decisions. But how do we do that? I'll talk with Sharon Epps today about the DNA of wise financial decision-making. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, Sharon Epps joins us again today. She's the president of Kingdom Advisors and no stranger to the need for making wise financial decisions that honor the Lord. And Sharon, it's great to have you back in the studio. I think this is going to be a really important conversation today. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I've been looking forward to it as well, because decision-making is what we're all about here at Faith and Finance. So Sharon, uh, let's start there. Why do you call this the DNA of financial decision-making? Well, first of all, I have to admit that I'm not a scientist, so I literally had to look up the (laughs) definition of DNA in the dictionary to make sure I was representing this correctly. But DNA are the instructions that God has given our cells to use to build the body. And Mm. it's like a code for a video game or blueprints for a house. And the reason that I'm using DNA as an analogy for financial decision making is that it's easy for us to focus on financial outcomes Mm. or goals without understanding that there's three key building blocks that need to align to result in wise biblical financial actions. I love that. So three key building blocks. I've heard you talk about this before, and I know you use a model of a triangle to explain the process of wise financial decision-making. That means there are three sides. So what's first? Okay. So you're not only a scientist, but math a little bit here too. Yes, three sides. So the reason that we're using the three sides is because a triangle has a very clear base, a Mm. foundation. And we're going to call this base for our wise financial decision-making motivation. It's the motivation for making good decisions with our money. And by the way, with God's money. That's right. And motivation, the reason that it is the foundation is it is the fuel that gives us the energy to carry through with wise financial decisions, even when they seem hard. Hmm. And actually, there's three of those motivations in that base. And they all start with the letter P because I needed a little help remembering them them myself. But when we think about motivation, it's so important to know that it gives us energy. It gives us the why. And the first thing that gives us that why is our position. Hmm. We need to understand that our position is a manager and God is the owner. And we teach this a lot here at Faith and Finance, but I just wanted to reference a couple of scriptures. Our position as a manager comes from several scriptures, but I'll, I'll highlight these two. Psalm 24, 1. 
The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And man, when we take that in, that is such a powerful truth. It's a big idea. Yes. And then as you go on to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, throughout scripture, he portrays our role as a steward. But I think this is a really important one. He says, moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. Mm. So when we think about motivation and we think about our position, if I keep in mind that God's the owner and I'm a steward, that helps inform my why on those financial decisions. Mm. That is really powerful. So we start with our position. I know you said there's two other P's. What's next? The second one is our purpose. Uh, God helped reveal that to me through Second Corinthians nine eleven years ago, and I've never read Scripture same since. So I'm going to start with the Scripture, and then I'll tell you the purpose. Okay. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Hmm. Have you ever thought about this? Our motivational purpose is to be generous. Wow. Yeah, that's a big idea because perhaps in most cases we start with this idea of our purpose being provision or providing. And when we realize that God is really our provider and the whole reason he does it is so we can share it with others, it reframes everything. Wow, this is a big idea today. We're talking about wise financial decision-making, the DNA behind it, and really that represented by a triangle. There's three pieces of that. We've started with our motivation. We'll continue to unpack that. Plus, the other two sides today, our goal, to help you be a wise steward as you make financial decisions. Sharon Epps with us today, President of Kingdom Advisors. Much more to come just around the corner. Stick around. We'll be right back. Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox each week absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. Nearly 60,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free FaithFi account by going to faithfi.com and click sign up to begin receiving weekly wisdom in your inbox. We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the Faith and Finance Program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. It's great to have you back with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. Joining me today, Sharon Epps, president of Kingdom Advisors. And uh, Sharon, uh, this is a big idea that we're talking about today because on this program, as you know, we don't want to give financial answers. We want to equip people to make wise financial decisions. And those two things are different, aren't they? They really are. You can know an answer and not necessarily know how to apply it. That's exactly right. Well, we want to equip you to do that today with the DNA of wise financial decision making. We're using a triangle and we're at the bottom of the triangle. The foundation, which Sharon reminded us before the break, is your motivation. And Sharon, you said there's really three P's that go to our motivation 
as God's stewards. Uh, remind us of the first two. Well, as we start, remember, motivation gives you your why. And if you don't have a why, it's really hard to follow through. So the first two are position. We are God's managers. Hmm. He is the owner. And our second one is our purpose. And our whole purpose or motivation for wise financial decision making is in order to be generous. Yeah. And you reminded us of this incredible passage. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. All right. What is the third P? Well, the third one might be the most important, and that's our perspective. Hmm. Our perspective is an eternal perspective. And I'll use a familiar verse, but I want you to think about this in terms of your financial decisions. Matthew six nineteen through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so as we make financial decisions, how often do we stop and say, what impact will this have on eternity? That is a great motivation. Wow. We've got to shift our view away from the temporal, put it clearly on the eternal, and it will change everything about how you manage money. All right. Have we successfully unpacked the bottom of the triangle? Well, I think so. I'd like to really sum it all up with a quote from author and our friend, Dr. Kim Bowen. Okay. And here's what he says. To deny earthly pleasures now, we need to believe that the eternal treasures of God's right hand are more satisfying than anything else. Oh, wow. That's something we could just stop and think about for a long time. Will you just say that one more time before we move on? To deny earthly pleasures now, we need to believe that the eternal treasures at God's right hand are more satisfying than anything else. Oh, I love that. That is powerful. All right. So we've successfully unpacked the bottom of the triangle, the foundation. What's next? Oh, so what's next is let's think about the left side of that triangle. Okay. And that's our wiring. God made each of us with a unique temperament that impacts how we behave with money. Hmm. Temperament is part of our personality, but personality is a little bigger than temperament in that it's also shaped by our family of origin, our life experiences, and many other factors. Now, most often, we'll marry someone with a different temperament from us. That's right. I can attest to that. <laughs> we both can attest to that, I think. <laughs> yes. And I love what Larry Burkett used to say uh, over and over again. If both of you and the couple are the same, then one of you is unnecessary. That's right. So some of us make decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. Others of us take more time. Some of us tend to oversave. We want to make sure we have everything we need for a rainy day plus more. And others of us tend to either give away or spend everything we have. Some of us make analytical decisions and others of us rely on instinct or gut. Mm. I think you start getting the picture when we understand our wiring in light of the other two sides of the triangle, we're more equipped to make and implement wise financial decisions. And this is really important as we understand our wiring, but also something else you said, and that is uh, our family of origin. How money was handled growing up has a big impact on this as well, doesn't it? It does make such a big difference. And I thought maybe a story would be helpful here to illustrate this. I have friends, Kim and Andy, that recently adopted a baby. And so it's their first child. And Kim falls into that category of slow decision maker, researcher, and all of those things. And you might not be so 
surprised to know that Andy trusts his gut and he's just ready to do whatever. Yes. And so throughout this whole process of their new child, we've had the opportunity to just watch them on their financial decisions because, as you know, children are expensive, especially that first year of life when you Absolutely. need all the equipment and all the things. And so it's been fun to watch them navigate Kim's want and desire and temperament even of yes. research against Andy's of, hey, let's just get this and, and go. Right. And so has that been working out for them? Well, I'll tell you, they've been married quite a while and they okay. figured it out. So basically, Andy knows to let Kim do her research <laughs> and then come to him when she's done and he'll she'll give him two choices and okay. he'll just say, we'll take A or B. And he'll make a quick decision. Exactly. I love it. All right. Well, we've got our purpose and our wiring for making wise financial decisions, but we still have one more side of the triangle. So what's that? Well, the third side of the triangle is the skills that we bring to the decision-making process. Mm. Now, we might understand our motivation and the why. We might be generous and living for eternal purposes, all those things we talked about. And we might know our wiring and how it impacts our decisions. But if we haven't been trained in how to do financial transactions, we won't be able to implement what we've learned about wise financial decisions. Yeah, so we need some practical tools and we need some training in order to be able to do that. Absolutely. And I'll just be completely honest and say that's why I'm one of the biggest fans of the FaithFi app. It is a tool that helps me with the skills of financial decision making. I have the opportunity to determine if I want to manage by envelopes, if I just want to track what's coming in. And it's tools like that that can help us build financial skills. And I think, let's just be honest, sometimes people feel like financial skill building is a drudgery. Um, But when you're motivated by your why, when you know that the opportunity to be generous and live for eternity is impacted by me learning to do this well, it becomes an adventure. And it's really very satisfying to learn something new, apply it, and see the positive results. Yeah, and there is a lot at stake because this is really one of the callings that has been entrusted to us, and that is to be wise stewards of everything God's given us. And that's so true. I have another story here. I'll just call them Sally and John. But Sally and John, I met literally 20 years ago in a time when, uh, to be totally honest, they were near divorce Mm. over this financial skill issue. They both knew what they wanted to do, but they didn't know how to do it. Mm. And in fact, John came in and even said, I manage a multi-million dollar budget for a huge corporation and I cannot figure out this family financial peace. And what was so wonderful, I had the privilege of walking alongside of them for several months, was to begin to see them be excited about applying those tools and using them to implement what they feel like God had called them to do. And in fact, they became so excited about it, they've literally spent the last 20 years teaching other people how to do it too. Unbelievable. What would you say is one of the key breakthroughs they have? I think one of the key breakthroughs is they tied it to their wiring or their personality, they realized, uh, I think that John was trying to get them to do accounting with debits and credits, and Sally wasn't interested in that at all. And so once they figured out a system that wasn't so accounting focused, but was more goal oriented and practically focused, they were able to come together and both use it. 
Mm, well, perhaps this can be a game changer for you when you understand your motivation, your wiring, and the skills of wise decision-making. Sharon, this has been incredibly helpful. Thanks for stopping by. It's been a joy. Well, Sharon mentioned the FaithFi app, and if you'd like to download it today, you can check it out on our website at faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. Just click app. Back with your questions, we'll help you make a wise financial decision just around the corner. The number, 800-525-7000. Stick around. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, we're taking your calls and questions now on anything financial. We'd love to hear from you at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's head to the phones. We're going to begin today in Rushville, Indiana. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Thank you, and thank you for uh, your program. Um, I just had a question about the... uh, Larry Burkett book that he wrote several years ago. Um, I think I read it after probably uh, the 08, 09 crisis. And uh, do you see anything in the future uh, here coming up that that uh, might be a, a decline uh, that he's talking about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Larry uh, was very astute in this. He was he was probably early, but we saw have seen pretty much everything he talked about uh, beginning to transpire. Um, that's clear. I mean, debt levels that he talked about, the demographics. He even talked about uh, health care. He didn't know at the time it would become Obamacare, but essentially what he was describing played out. He t- talked about some of the economic policies in this country that have uh, led to most recently high inflation. So I think uh, Larry was certainly very astute at what he was saying. Uh, keep in mind, under Reagan, you know, the debt to GDP was at about 20%. Uh, and and obviously we're at uh, 130% right now. Um, the last time the CBO just reported, they added $3.1 trillion uh, to the debt. And then we've got the deficit on top of the debt. So that's the amount, if you think about the average family, the debt is the total debt they have on a date, date in specific date in time. The deficit is the shortfall every month that's then adding to that debt. And uh, our deficit is in 
increasing at about $2 trillion a year. Um, and when they uh, came out with their latest projections, they weren't forecasting a recession, which clearly that's what the base case is for just about all economists now for this year. And that always increases debt rapidly because of more social spending and less tax revenues. Now, um, our debt levels are manageable at this point at around 30 trillion, about six or 7%. And, you know, we, uh, in terms of the deficits and so forth, um, you know, we see in the emerging market crisis in the 90s, those deficit levels were about 10 to 20%. And and so at six or 7% deficits, we can manage that. And that's why a debt crisis, I don't think is the base case for the short run, but longer term, clearly we're going to have to deal with this. Uh, In two or three years, the interest will be our largest federal expense in our expenditures uh, on an annual basis, just the interest on our debt. And so, and, and they're not even forecasting normal interest rates. They're forecasting suppressed interest rates, which is inflationary. That's what we've had with these zero interest rate policies. So what do we need? What is the answer? Well, the demographics are working against us for because we've got two people entering the workforce for every five that are retiring. And so we've got to deal with that. Uh, we need better monetary policy. We need pro-growth policies, people that are in legislation and, and office that understand God's design for economics and wealth creation, that we've got to live within our means and we've got to avoid debt. And uh, if we don't, and we had a debt crisis, you know, we've seen that play out in other countries. Again, I don't think that's coming anytime soon, but it could result in high interest rates, a severe contraction of the economy, high inflation, uh, unemployment, you know, moving much higher than it is today. And uh, obviously none of us want to see that. And so where are we in this country right now? Well, I think clearly we're still the biggest and strongest economy in the world. There is no other replacement for the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. There's nobody that, you know, is really close to us in terms of the size and the reach of our economy, Uh, the free market that we have, the innovation. We're still in a very strong position, but we've got to make some changes. The trajectory that we're on is not good, and that's what Larry was writing about. It's obviously not played out as quickly as he thought, but um, certainly we're seeing a lot of that come to pass. Now, I threw a lot at you, Suzanne. And how, does that resonate with you? Yes, yes, it does. And uh, thank you for uh, kind of detailing that for me. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, well, uh, I do yeah, have a to. second question, if I yes, can. Yes, ma'am, of course. Um, I have inherited some coins, and uh, I just would like to know how to sell them uh, to a reputable place uh, uh, now that the market is uh, pretty high right now. Uh, just need to know how to go about that. Okay. Um, you know, in, if you've decided you want to sell them, I'd say, you know, go ahead. I think it's probably, as long as it's not an inordinate amount of your overall investable assets, it's probably still, uh, for the reasons we just talked about, something you may want to consider holding on to. Um, but if you are going to sell, I would, um, you know, you could visit with a few uh, dealers there locally, maybe see who's most highly rated. You could go online and do a, a Google search. I'd read 
read a lot of reviews. Make sure you're dealing with somebody who has a high reputation online. Uh, I don't have a specific resource to point you to in this area. I wish I did. I don't. Um, but I would just say spend your time to do your homework, whether you use somebody face-to-face locally or you use a, a, an intermediary that you find online um, to make sure that they are highly rela- highly rated before you proceed. But unfortunately, beyond that, I don't have any specific recommendations to make. Suzanne, we appreciate you being on the program today. May God bless you. And by the way, folks, if you'd like to check out the book that Larry wrote uh, many years ago now, it was a national bestseller, still is. Uh, it's called The Coming Economic Earthquake by Larry Burkett, and you can still find it uh, wherever you buy books. Uh, let's see. Let's head to quickly St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, Tina. How can I help you? Hi. I'm glad and thank you for taking my call. Listen, I have a um, a 401k um, that I've had like for um, uh, several years and I have another job. Uh, so I have been uh, in two or three different jobs and one in those jobs I've I've had 401ks, but I've gone on to another job. Um, sure. So I have a uh, one that's kind of large yep. to me, and then the, the the other ones are small. So I need to find out whether or not what to do with those the other ones that I have. I have one that's like over fifty thousand dollars, and then the other ones are just smaller ones. So I need to yeah. know: Do I combine? And they're those all with. Are to- they all with former employers? Yes. Yeah. So what I would probably do from here, Tina, is uh, roll these over into an IRA, and that would just consolidate it. You'd have less paperwork, less maintenance. It streamlines things for beneficiaries. You'll likely have less fees. Uh, So you'd open an account probably with Fidelity or Schwab. You could combine them all into one individual retirement account. That's not a taxable event. And then you could reach out to a certified kingdom advisor on our website, faithfi.com, faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA and interview two or three and find the one that's the best fit. Or you could visit with our friends at soundmindinvesting.org. Well, we're almost out of time. If you like today's program, why not share it with a friend? And while you're at it, share the FaithFi app with them as well. Help us get the word out. Thanks for listening and sharing, and I hope you'll come back and join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.